Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. Come on, lift up a shout to Jesus in this place. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you adoration. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are doing great things in America. You are doing great things in this church. You are moving in unprecedented ways in our generation. Lord, your people cannot be, cannot, oh, Shalomaya, they cannot be dominated by any power of the enemy. The move of the Spirit is consuming this nation like never before. We are in the beginning of a third great awakening, Lord. God, we thank you so much. The way you birthed this nation, you're going to bring a new birth for this generation. Father, we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, you guys can have a seat. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the power of God in this place. Don't worry, I'm only going to keep you till about two or three in the morning. Wow, bless you guys. Man, I'm privileged to be with you. This is such a great church. I flew all the way here from Omaha just to be in worship. It was good. Man, I feel the glory of God in here. Do you guys, don't you guys love this church? How many guys are you're new to this church in the past six months? Wave your hand at me. Don't you guys love what God's doing in this church? It's incredible what God's doing. There's an awakening happening here in Phoenix. God named this church for the move of the Spirit for the nation. It's incredible what he's doing. You guys have great pastors, great vision, great heart, like the family element that you guys carry, like, like that right there. I'm like, man, that's incredible. Everybody's standing up and cheering. I'm like, you guys love each other. It's kind of important. Like, didn't Jesus say we'd be known by our love? Somebody said that. Yeah, it was Jesus. He said you'd be known by your love for one another. You guys are in the flow. I got some friends here. I got uh, Ginny and Rick. They drove down from Prescott, Arizona. You guys would clap for them. They're awesome. We do a lot of meetings up there. Got my friend Todd here. He lives, I don't know, you live somewhere in Phoenix. Phoenix is like, Phoenix is like Mexico City. It's massive. You could drive like three hours from one side to the other. It's just a massive place. My brother Todd and I have known each other a long time. Uh, Pastors Daniel and Joy, could you guys stand? I just want to pray for you guys too. Um, how many of you guys have never heard me share before? Never heard Chris? I'm so privileged. I'm your brother in Christ. We're in this race together. It's amazing. We're going to see great things today. We're going to see miracles during the service. Just stretch your hands towards your pastors, and if you want, you can stand up around them. You know, I just really sense that you guys are stewarding the move of the Spirit, and I see an awakening. Oh, I see the awakening, and it's already begun in this nation. It's already begun. It's not a political thing. It's not a, a social thing. It's a Jesus thing. But it's going to affect every sphere of society. It's hitting the streets with open air preaching, with declaration, with signs and wonders, with transformation. Mm. Lord says he's going to give you a new vehicle. Hallelujah. Mm, I feel the anointing on that. Upgrades, 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 upgrades. Every area of your life filled with this prosperity. And this church is going to prosper. This church is going to prosper. Like the land of Goshen, people of Israel sent out with blessing from the world. This place will be a Goshen. No matter what happens in the city, no matter what goes on, this place will prosper and this place will feed the masses with revelation and bread from heaven. Man, I feel the anointing of God. Father, we just bless these pastors. If you're new, if you're new ask the Lord. To, if you're called to this place, plant yourself as deep as you can and you will grow in the house of the Lord. Father, we bless and honor these leaders in Jesus' name. Amen. Upgrades, 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 upgrades. Anybody else want that word? I mean, have that one. Hallelujah. You know, God's just been upgrading He's been increasing. No matter what the past year has looked like for you, God can catch you up in one month, in one moment, in one day, in one hour, in one minute, in one second. Beyond anything that you feel has been lost, God will increase you more than you could ever imagine. God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name great and you're going to be a blessing. That doesn't sound like Christianity today, does it? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, Abraham's name great. We still talk about him. What if generations to come were to talk about the things that happened here in this house? Man, I feel the anointing of God. How many of you guys feel the power of God in here? 
It is so important to be planted in the family of God in this season. Because those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish like a palm tree. I'm supposed to prophesy over some people. I wasn't going to do this. Could you stand up, this guy right here? Hey, you guy, this guy right here. This guy right here. Um, wow, you guys like him. Yeah, you guys, you're loved here, man. You belong here. God planted you in the house of the Lord. He, he's establishing you and settling you, like it says in 1 Peter chapter 5. Strengthened, established, and settled after the fiery trial. The Lord has strengthened you in this season, and he's called you an emissary for his gospel. He's called you a set, well, you're set apart for the gospel of God. Set apart for the gospel of God. And God is training you in this season. He's training you like Jesus was trained. It says in Philippians 2, he humbled himself and became a servant. He humbled himself. He emptied himself. And the Lord says, even as you've emptied yourself, you're emptying yourself of all ambition. You're like, God, I just want you. The Lord says, I'm going to lift you up. And I heard uh, like the angel Gabriel, you're a herald. And I just saw like uh, the Lord has placed like this Davidic thing on you. He's placed this thing on you. He's made you like one, like um, like a John that leans his head against his chest. And you're a man of intimacy and you're a man of favor. And I bless you in Jesus' name. What's your name, bro? Tony. Tony. I bless Tony in Jesus' name. Father, I bless him. I bless what you're doing in his life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I might prophesy over a few more people, but... The whole message should be prophetic, so if it's not, it's not the testimony of Jesus. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He's who we're here for. Our Lord is so beautiful. From eternity, he planned to clothe himself in skin to be our redemption. He was tempted in every way we could be tempted, yet he was without sin. He became the offering for all of our brokenness. He was whipped and bruised, pierced through for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities, chastised for our peace, and by his stripes were made whole. He revealed himself to me in the midst of a dark time in my life. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Chris. I'll share a quick version of my testimony. Uh, I walked away from church when I was 14 out of a fence. How many of you guys have done that before? Some of you guys are like, I'm doing that right now, actually. I'm just trying to get over it by being here. I walked away from church because I was offended, but God didn't walk away from me. He kept drawing me, but I became a hypocrite because you can't walk in the world and walk in the light at the same time. It doesn't work. Now, the church is more than a building. The church is a family. But the church is the people of God that are called out and come together in a place. It's actually what the word ecclesia means. It's interesting, the, the devil came in to try to stir up America last year, and what did he try to do? He tried to shut down the church, and then all hell breaks loose. Why? Because the church manifests the dominion of Christ in the earth. Father is in heaven. Jesus the Son is sitting on a throne, waiting for his enemies to be made a footstool for his feet. The Holy Ghost is in the earth, in and through and with the church, to manifest the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. But when we shut down our mouths and we put down our hands, the healing and power of God doesn't go forth. So here I am, I'm 19 years old, I'm living as a practical atheist at the University of San Diego. I say a practical atheist because I was practicing atheism even though I would say I was a believer. I was practicing denying God with my life even though I knew Jesus was real. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? How many of you guys are like, that was me too? <laughs> Some of you guys are like, that's me right now, I need to get saved. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll give you the opportunity in the service. 19 years old, a friend challenged me after an evangelistic meeting I went to. The evangelist, he told me the sins in my life. Don't worry, I'm not going to call you out and tell you your sins. Don't worry, I won't do that. Just one-on-one, -on -one, you know, just one-on-one, -on -one. just a little bit of coaching, you know. They're like, maybe drop this, maybe drop that in Jesus' name. The evangelist told me the things in my life that were not lined up with God. I was convicted. I began to weep. He laid hands on me. He says, within five weeks, you'll be a strong part of this church. My other friend was there. He said, I dare you to read the Bible for 30 days straight. I sat with the word of God. And I read through John's gospel and I read through the book of Acts and every word was speaking to my heart. His words are spirit and life. If you expose yourself to his word, his word will expose our iniquities and our sins and will convict us of his righteousness. That's a free gift to redeem us from everything that's wrong in our lives. That's a good word. 
The Lord delivered me. I spent two days rolling around on my apartment floor. I'd had three near-death experiences within that six-month period. I'd need myself in the forehead surfing, passed out underwater, woke up on the surface. Twice I had the Heimlich maneuver done me. The spirit of death was trying to steal my life, but the spirit of life in Christ Jesus was moving on my behalf. The power God met me there at 711 San Fernando Place in Mission Beach, San Diego, California, apartment C. Power God met me for two days. I rolled around my apartment floor, surrendering my life to Jesus. God said to me, he had walked into that place. He said, Chris, you say you've given me your life, but you have not. I love you so much that I will let you keep living the way you're living. See, God doesn't control people. Well, don't worry, brother. God's in control. No, if God were in control, all the people that were in rebellion would be dead. All the people that were sick ought to be fully healed. God's not in control. The earth's been given to the sons of men. He said, I'll let you keep living the way you're living, but you know the end of it. Some of you, I need to hit that for just a second a little longer. If God were in control, all the hell that happened in your life wouldn't have happened. The reason why bad things happen to people that all fall short of glory is because we live in a world that has a little G-O-D that's being driven out by the judgment of the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection through his people preaching his word and being his hands and feet in the earth. That's the truth. Lord spoke to me, give your life to me, but I'm not going to control you. I surrendered. I was delivered and filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in new tongues in my apartment. I'm reading Acts 2. The experience happened to me. Ever since that day, I've seen God do incredible miracles. God's called me to preach. I didn't pick myself to preach. God's called all of us to preach. He's called all of us to preach his word. Uh, he picks those. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Go with me to Romans chapter 1. During the service today, people are going to be miraculously healed. I get to be with you twice today. I get to be with you in this service and in the night service tonight. The 6 p.m. service tonight, I want you to invite people that are not saved. Like, like right now, there's people's names and people or thoughts are popping in your head. Text them and invite them to the service. Invite people even from other churches because tonight is a regional event. It's a miracle healing night for the region. Bring people that are blind, deaf, lame, any area that they don't line up with the perfectness of Jesus. Like Jesus has a perfect body, and we're called to be bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. I was in Israel one time having the Holy Ghost experience, and I was speaking in new tongues. And a girl, a Hebrew girl, came over to me, and she started speaking to me in Hebrew. And I said, I don't know Hebrew. She said, you're speaking perfect Hebrew. For 10, 15 minutes, she translated, not tongues and interpretation, she knew the language. She translated word for word what was coming out of my mouth. Things like this. All sickness will be done away with, and then Jesus will return. Jesus is enthroned in heaven. He's enthroned with the angels. He sent forth his word into the earth. He's going to give wisdom to the rabbis. All kinds of wild stuff was coming out of my mouth. And I didn't even know what I was saying. I was just drunk in the spirit, just tongues coming out of my mouth. You know, God is going to heal the church before the return of Christ. There will be a church without spot and without wrinkle. What does that mean? That literally means there won't be a sick or feeble one among us. I believe tonight is a night like that. I've been in meetings where every single person was healed of every affliction. I've been in meetings in Paris, France, where every single person, two hours after the meeting, I'm like, is there anybody else that needs a miracle? No one else is raising their hand. Woman with a car accident staple still in her leg, running around the room. All kinds of crazy stuff. So bring people tonight. Amen. I got two shots at you guys, but I'm going to preach to you guys out of Romans 1 and Romans 8. While I'm talking, the power of God's already moving around the room. Not because Chris is here, but because our Lord is here. He's the healer. His presence heals. He is the miracle worker. His presence works miracles. If I share a testimony out of my mouth that's similar to your need, that's the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to you by the spirit of prophecy, and he's actually declaring to you by a word of knowledge, whether I realize it or not, what he's doing in the room. He doesn't reveal things to just reveal them. He reveals things to heal them. I'm preaching pretty good right now. This is good. You guys can interact with me and just cheer on. It's the gift of God. It's his grace. Amen. Man. Romans chapter one. I know you guys love this book because your pastors love the reality of the new creation, freedom from the law, 
Paul writes Romans to a group of people he's never physically been with, but he believes in the message so much that he knows if he just writes it down and sends it to them, it's going to transform their lives. Isn't that incredible? All scriptures God breathed. This is the word of the Lord. Say it's the word. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be a sent one, an apostle. The word apostle means one who is commissioned, one who is sent. You don't have to be an apostle to be sent. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. What did he send us to do? To both transform culture with the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, that God's will would be manifest everywhere we go in miracles, healing signs and wonders, restoration, but most importantly, that people would be saved. Everyone around us is either going to one of two places, heaven or hell. Where are you going? God doesn't want anybody to go to a devil's hell. People today, he's going to break condemnation off of you where you feel afraid that you've messed up too much to go to heaven. He's going to break fear off of you. He's going to break selfishness off of you. He's going to free you of self. Sometimes ourselves are our own worst enemy. You know what I'm talking about? Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called a sent one, separated unto the good news of God. Say Separated. When you know you're separated, you'll live holy. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was made of the seed of David. See, Jesus came from the Davidic kingdom line, a promise made to David that one that sat on his throne would rule forever. This is Jesus, born of the flesh, according to the flesh, and declared, verse 4, the son of God with power. The Greek word there, power, is dunamis. It literally means God's ability, say ability. According to the what? Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Paul goes on to talk about the power of the gospel. He says in verse 11, I long to be with you that I may impart to you some nomadic cost. It literally means a spiritual gift or that I could be with you and you would experience the blowing of the Holy Ghost in your midst. He's talking about miracle signs and wonders. He's talking about the work of the Spirit to the end that you may be established. I want to tell you something. You must be around the church where the power of God's in manifestation. What do you mean, Chris? Because if you're not in the house of God where the power of God's in manifestation, people being healed, delivered, set free, signs and wonders, people being saved, people being filled with the Spirit, then you're actually being indoctrinated with the doctrines of this world. You must be, in the world we live in, you must be. And I want to tell you something. There's been a separation that's happened in the church uh, between the profane and the real over the past year and a half. And the Lord is going to breathe so profoundly upon his church. Places that you never thought you'd see the Spirit of God move, you're going to see outpourings of the Spirit like never before. Pastors that have been offended or afraid of the move of the Spirit, you're going to coach pastors that feel insecure and you're going to release the spirit of security in the Father's love to to just yield to the move of the Spirit. You're going to coach pastors. God's raising the vision of this house, and he's raising the vision of our generation for what's possible. I long that I may come to you, that I may impart some spiritual gift, that you would be comforted together, that our mutual faith would be increased. See, Paul's like, I'm excited to come because I'm going to see Jesus move in our midst, and it's going to build me up too. Isn't that amazing? See, you don't have to be the person with the microphone to experience the power of God. If we came to church, not with a consumer mentality, but with the mentality of, I have something to give to this place today. Someone that's sitting next to me, God's going to give me a word for him. Someone that comes in the room, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see that suicide on that teenager, and I'm going to look in their eyes and say, God loves you, and he's for you, and they're going to get delivered in an instant. More than what happens from the front, the whole body ministering to one another, ministering, building itself up together in love, propelled in the move of the Spirit. Paul says this. He says, I'm a debtor. In verse 16, he says, verse 15, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ, Romans 1, 16, for it is what? The ability, the power of God, the dunamis of God, unto wholeness to everyone that would believe. First to the Jew and also to the Greek. Why was it first to the Jew? Because they would go to the synagogues first because they were the ones that had been stewarding the oracles of God for generations. And then as soon as the ones that didn't receive didn't receive it and the ones that did receive did receive it, he would move on and preach in the 
streets. Friends, it's time to not just preach in church. It's time to preach in the streets. I was in uh, Mexico City. This was about 10 years ago. And we went on a tour. I went up to these pyramids in Mexico City. And on these pyramids, you guys know the Aztec pyramids? Anybody been to Mexico City? You got a few people, a few tourists here. Missions trips to Mexico City. Missions trips for this church. I'm prophesying. We went there, and we got about 30 kids with us from Bethel. I lived in Reading for about seven years and got to lead teams of students all over the world and uh, plant churches after that and do all kinds of stuff. I planted churches that worked. I planted a church that didn't work. Praise God, I'm still here. Isn't that awesome? I'm a recovering pastor. Praise God. It's amazing. Any other recovering pastors in the room? Don't wave your hand. We're down there in Mexico City, and uh, we're preaching, and we go to the pyramids, and on these pyramids, they did human sacrifice for over a 1,000 years. Gnarly stuff, like, like the movie Apocalypto. I've never seen it, but I know what it's about. Like crazy, weird stuff, like just, just demonic things. So people go up there, and they take little crystals with them, and they hold them up in the air, and they're like, maybe I'll get some energy from the sun god while I'm up here. And I'm like, you know what? We need to preach about the true sun god, the son of God. Yeah. We need to preach about Jesus. So I grabbed one of our translators and said, it's time to open air preach on top of the pyramid. You know, I love having Holy Ghost meetings in church, but I love having Holy Ghost meetings and having church everywhere I go even better. I was in a restaurant there in Mexico City, and the power of God showed up in the restaurant for three hours. We saw over 20 people get saved, 50 people healed, waitresses coming out of the kitchen going, fuego, 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 shaking their hands like this. It looked like a Randy Clark meeting inside this restaurant, just power of God rolling on, just power on people, legs getting longer and things disappearing, metal disappearing, people's body, all kinds of stuff. I was telling a story about the pyramids, right? We're on top of the pyramids. I know where I'm going. I do this for a living. Don't worry, I've been, I've been here before, riding the wave. We're on top of those pyramids, and uh, the power of God starts to manifest. We start preaching, we start saying, God's on this pyramid, he wants to do signs and wonders, he wants to heal you. Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead, he went through a bloody cross for you. I don't know fully what I preached, but I preached about the gospel. And as I'm preaching, people are staring, the translator's translating what I'm saying. I can preach a little in Spanish, but he was doing a really good job, just going back and forth, giving me time to think. And I pointed at a woman, and I say, you, you've had a migraine headache, and I just sensed you had a migraine headache, and I said, you've had it for the past four Four days, the Lord just healed you. And she goes, oh my gosh, she freaks out. People are getting healed. Tumor disappears on top of the pyramid. Miracles, people getting saved. That woman comes up to me after all the, the healing stuff's breaking out. She said, why did you say that to me? I said, because Jesus loves you. You know, God wants you to prophesy more than you want to prophesy. He wants you to heal more than you want to heal. He wants you to preach more than you want to preach. He wants you to edify more than you want to be edified and more than you want to release edification. God had an idea called revival, and he, and he created it before we ever got on the face of the planet. Revival is his idea. God is having an eternal meaning that we get to take part in. We think we're trying to have meetings where we try to get God to come. God has a meeting that we get to show up to. And it's an eternal glory meeting. It's a Holy Ghost meeting. It's a meeting where people shake and quake and bake and tumors disappear in Jesus' mighty name. This woman, she goes, why did you say that to me? I ministered to her. Her, her husband, their two kids and two cousins all give their lives to Jesus on the spot. As they surrender. You, you can celebrate that. Thank you, Lord. Six people saved where people were worshiping the devil. As they get saved, sparkles, like gold, sparkles, like, I mean, if heaven's streets are paved with gold, I guess if the angels sneeze or sweep, I guess a little bit of gold shows up down here, sparkles cover their arms, up and down their arms, like a sign and a wonder as they're giving their lives to the Lord. Signs and wonders follow the gospel. Say, signs and wonders follow the gospel. Say, signs and wonders follow me. I get to speak in new tongues. I get to heal the sick. I get to cast out devils. I get to raise the dead. Freely I've received. Freely I give. I've got seed to sow. I've got flow to flow. I've got no to know. And I've got show to show. Woo, I feel the power of God. Jesus is king. And I just feel like waves coming down my body, like electricity all around my neck. There's a, a girl back in here, and you were in a car accident about three years ago. You've had neck issues. The power of God just came upon you. The Lord's touching you. People with foot problems being healed. I'm not going to stop to like find out in just a sec. Maybe we'll find out later. But the power of God's moving all through this place right now. Thank you, Lord. Feel free to receive. Just hold your hands out and say, I want more. Oof. fresh breath of the Spirit.
Romans chapter 8. Paul continues his message, and as he's preaching, he talks about how our old nature is cut off. We get to reckon ourselves dead to sin, say, I'm dead to sin. Do you know what that means? That means you're dead to failure. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, but Chris, nothing ever works out for me. Yeah, because that's what you keep saying. Chris, you don't know my past. Do you know his past? He went through a cross to bring you out of your past. Oh, is there, a cro- there it is. There's a cross back there. I'm pointing by faith. It's back there somewhere. What does it say in Romans 8.1? You should memorize this one. Let's say it together. There is, therefore, now, now, no condemnation to them which in Christ Jesus who do not walk after the flesh but after the Spirit. Say, I'm after the Spirit. No condemnation. That Greek word condemnation is katakrino. It literally means no failure. No failure for those who are in Christ Jesus. But Chris, I failed yesterday. What are you talking about? No failure. If you see no failure in Christ Jesus, you'll behold him instead of sin. You can't fix sin by beholding it. Don't think about an elephant. 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 What are you thinking of? That's the power of the law. The law is merely a tutor to lead us to Christ. But when you behold him, you behold him who knew no sin to become sin for you. Him who knew no dysfunction that chose to be the offering for dysfunction for you. Not an offering to please the Father, but an offering to deliver you from the wages of sin, which is death. He was an offering for you. God so loved the world that he gave Oh, that's powerful. He was perfect in every way, manifest in the flesh, manifest to Israel. Spirit of God came upon him at the River Jordan, baptized. He wasn't baptized to cut off his old nature. He was baptized for your old nature to be cut off. He was baptized into a baptism of death at the cross. When he went into the water, he was dedicating his life to serving the Father. Baptism is the ultimate spiritual cleansing. He didn't need a cleansing. It's also dedication. Vessels are dedicated in the temple in the Old Testament by water. You get to be delivered through the waters of baptism. Baptism is a deliverance. He went around, he healed the sick, he preached love. People rejected him. All of us in this room, we've rejected him at one point or another. Some of you are still rejecting him. The Lord's going to save you today. He did the work already, but as soon as you see it, you get to behold it, you get to become it. He went into the grave and kicked the devil's forehead in took the keys of hell and death, destroyed every power that was over your life. He became cursed, so you're no longer cursed. What God has blessed, no one can curse. Generational curses only exist if you behold them in your mind. But you don't know, Chris. My dad dealt with this. My dad dealt with that. Actually, your dad dealt with that. You're a member of a new family. If any person be in Christ, they're a new creation. The old things have passed away. All things are made new, not just some things, not just a few things. All, but Chris, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know my life. You don't know what I've been through. Yep, you keep beholding your past, and you will live there, and you will be that past. But if you behold your future, which is the resurrection, you will live in deliverance every day. You know, it's interesting. Many of us as Christians spend a lot of our lives like the thief on the cross, We recognize that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that he is the Savior, but there we are still hanging in our sin, still hanging in the wages. But see, when the Holy Ghost comes inside, the same spirit that rose him from the dead quickens your mortal flesh. What the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of dysfunction and failure and death. What the law could not do, though it was weak in the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. To be carnally minded is death, it says in Romans 8, 6, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When you're in the flesh, you can't please God. How do you, how do you get out of the flesh? Just look. Just look at him. Just look at him. He's not even on that cross. He's resurrected above it. Just look at him, behold him. As he is, so are we in this world. 
This is so cam. Yeah, you like this? Is it sitting well? I mean, you guys can correct me next week if you want. Be like, you know, Chris, about 25% of what he said we like. The rest of it, we just need to talk about a little bit. No, I'm just reading the word to you. But you are not in the flesh, Romans 8 9. Say, I'm not in the flesh. How do you know if you're not in the flesh? It says it right here. But in the spirit, if it be that the spirit of God dwells in you. If the Spirit of God dwells in you. See, in the book of Acts, when the Holy Ghost came upon the church, the Holy Spirit being poured out in Acts chapter 2, starting there and in every other chapter as the gospel was preached, the Holy Spirit poured out into people was the proof that they believed. It was the proof that Jesus was triumphant, seating at the right hand of the Father. It was the gift of the Father poured out. And when the Holy Ghost fell on the believers and they began to speak with other tongues, Peter in Acts chapter 10, he goes, oh, I guess these guys are believers too now. The tongues is coming out. The prophecies, the Holy Ghost is inside of them now. They're cleansed because the Holy Ghost can only live in a vessel that's been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. When you behold the blood of Jesus that delivers from sin, the Holy Ghost comes and lives within. You see him in his resurrection. If the Holy Ghost doesn't live within, if you don't have that witness within and that tongue river flowing, the rivers of living water flowing out of your innermost being, then you might not have the evidence. We're going to pray for people too. You never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You were brought here today for that. You cannot live the Christian life without it. Trust me, I tried. That's what got me to the point of being 19 years old and living a Holy Ghost destroyed life. Like I was wrecked. Sha-pa-pa. Jesus is king. You are not in the flesh but in the spirit. So be the spirit of God dwells in you. If any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Romans 8, 11. This is a significant verse. 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. The Greek word there for quicken actually translates awaken. Awaken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. 8 is a good date, August 11th. It's a good date. It's a good date. Birthday. Good birthday. You know? Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you are after the flesh, you shall die. But after the spirit, you mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Can we get this up on there a little bit? I don't know if you guys can do that. I didn't. Yeah. Romans 8. Yeah. Take it down to like... Uh, I'm in the King James. I like New King James, King James, NASB. NIV is sometimes a bummer. <laughs> you know, get a good version, you know, it's good. The best is you can read the Greek with the, the apps these days. You click on the words, you read the Greek, you're like, whoa. The sufferings, Romans 8.18, that's a good date too for somebody in the room birth date. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, Kevin. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Creation was subjected to vanity, but the reason of which it was subjected was because of hope. The creation was in bondage, verse 21. If you're reading, hold your Bible, read this, or read it up there. But the bondage will be broken into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That's literally Paul saying, hey, the reason why there's problems is because the sons of God are not made manifest. And how are the sons of God made manifest? Behold Jesus, who's the son of God, your elder brother. That's how you manifest. It's not complicated. You know, people have all these weird doctrines of like, I am one of the manifest sons of God. I'm like part of God's supernatural end times army. And I'm like, yeah, you are. So is everybody else that's born again. I'm a general in the end time army. I'm like, yeah, like God, God has a bunch of generals. They're, they're all over the place. They just need to stand up to the plate. God's willing to use anybody to do the kingdom work. God's no respecter of persons. Whew. I'm skipping a few verses for time's sake. You should read this on your own. It says in uh, verse 26, the spirit helps our weaknesses. We don't know how we should pray, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be interpreted or understood or uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together, say all things. For them that love God, say love. 
to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that everybody's automatically born again. It means that God's already done the work and already loved everyone so much that all of the potential is already there for them to be saved. Does that make sense? It's important. There's all kinds of doctrine out there like universalism, like everybody's already saved, they just don't know it yet. I'm like, no, no, I, I know a few people that are definitely not saved. There's a lot of hell coming out of them. Or they just don't know it yet, Chris. I'm like, well, no, actually, Jesus is the Savior, but as they behold the Savior, they experience salvation. In the same way as you behold the healer and you experience healing. All the work's already done. But see, people are sick because they don't know Jesus is the healer. People are sick because they don't know it's God's will for them to be whole. People are in sin because they don't know it's God's will for them to be holy, and he's already given us the Spirit. Incredible. This is... I can feel the argument. It's good. <laughs> Must be preaching well. What shall we say then in verse 31? If God is for us, who can be against us? I'm going to land the plane on this verse. He that spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not freely with him give us everything? Healing, prosperity, joy, fruitfulness in every area of life. How shall he not give us everything? If he already gave you Jesus, how shall he not freely give you everything? You know, if you're in this room tonight and you've not, or today, what time is it? <laughs> preaching a long time. If you're in this room and you've not surrendered your life to God, now is the time, today is the day. There's no guarantee of tomorrow. I'm gonna give a call in just a few moments for people to give their life to the Lord. You know, condemnation says there's something wrong with you. Conviction says there's something wrong with what you believe and what you're doing. People are living under condemnation because they're living under the devil's system. Jesus came to break that off of people's lives. That's what happens when you get born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. When people get born again, they're supposed to get filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in water. If, if that's how you make disciples, everyone in this room can do that. Just preach some of the, what I'm telling you guys today about the gospel. Just preach to people, and the Spirit of God will do the work and draw people. You can bring people tonight. We'll baptize people. I want to baptize some people tonight. See devils come out of people. See them filled with the Holy Ghost. You guys want to see that? There's people in this room. That's, that might be your story. God's not going to shame you. He's not here to embarrass you. But he did say, if you confess me before people, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. God brought you here for that. Before I give that call, uh, I want to watch our Lord heal a bunch of people, even now. Is that okay? Is that okay? Um, I'm going to call out some specific things. Why am I calling out specific things? Not because God loves that person more than someone else, but because the specific thing is actually a sign and a wonder, and it actually indicates to that person individually how much they love, but it indicates to all of us, wow, that God's in this place. So there's someone being healed of scoliosis and a back issue, and it goes down into the lower right side of the back, right in this area. When I call out things specific, I want you to quickly raise your hand, be like, that makes sense to me. Yeah, that's you. Do we know each other? No, the Lord loves you. What's your name? What is it? Laura, could you stand? The Lord's going to heal you, and the, your friends around you, they're going to get to be the tools of God. Have you been in this church for a while? A couple of times. The Lord brought you here for this day today. I actually could see it. Um, when you were 16 years old, there was some type of physical thing that happened that Lord's rectifying literally right now. Now, I know you're probably about 23 or 24, but the Lord's going to rectify it right now. If you're around here, you're one of her friends, um, you're going to pray for her, but I don't want you to pray just yet. Just keep your hand by her. And if she's, yeah, you could, you could put your hand on her. You receiving prayer. If you're receiving healing today, you don't need to pray. Why? Because you can't drink a glass of water and talk at the same time. You just relax. God wants this more than you do. Say, God wants people healed more than they want to be healed. See, Jesus died so people could get healed. That's more than people are willing to give. Like, people aren't like, I'm willing to die to make sure my knee feels better. No, they're not. Like, Jesus died for all of it. He's more invested. So he's got all the faith. His faith works by love. He loves you. Yeah. The Spirit of God's already fallen on you, sweetheart. Your jaw, your neck. Ooh, that's it right there. That's the power of God going through you. In Jesus' name, we curse the affliction. If you're around her, say, affliction, Go scoliosis go, 
Back straightened. There it goes right there. That's the back straightening out. Your hips are realigning. Your left leg has been about a quarter of an inch short or something like that. The Lord's growing that leg right now. There it goes. In Jesus' name, power filling her right now. Digestive issues are being healed right there too. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I keep hearing this name David. Is there a David here too? Something like that? David? I'm hearing it right in this area too. Just stay standing there. The Spirit of God's on you. I'm hearing like a David. Does that make sense to somebody's family? Something that's like right in here. Say, your dad's name is David. And um, I'm here the name John Mark. Does that mean something too? It's like over here. Man, I feel an anointing. Just go and stand up. What's your name, sweetheart? Lauren. Lauren. Your name's Lauren? What's her name? Laura. Laura. Okay, that's, that's also a sign and a wonder. Just going to point that out. What's Lauren mean? Does anybody know what Lauren means? The name? One who is victorious. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory which has overcome the world, our faith. Just um, hold your hands in front of you, Miss uh, Laura. I just see the power of God for healing going through you. And I see the Lord delivering people of cancer through you. Family member, I see the Lord delivering people of cancer through you. Father, I bless what you're doing there. October, like right around the 11th, is a date around her for her family too. Father, we just bless what you're doing. Mm. Stand up if, if you need a miracle in your body. You're like, I'm done with sickness. Just stand up. Just stand up right now. As you're standing, I'm going to hear uh, what God already did for this sweet sister. What did you feel go through your back when we were praying? Where did you feel it the most? Interesting. It went through everything. Can you check your body right now? Just move around. Is there any pain in your body? Was there pain before? Are you serious? You were in pain before? Yeah, specifically? Let me come over with the mic just a sec. You guys stay standing. Just, just hang out. You're, you can get healed before we pray for you if you want. So one more time. Lauren? Laura, okay, Lauren, okay, Laura. Um, how old are you, 23, 24? 37. Oh, no, you don't want to lie in church. <laughs> You're fine. Where was the pain before? Um, it was in my right sacrum. Wow. But my entire spine I've had trouble with, especially my neck and my jaw. <laughs> and digestive issues. So my friend who is, has a gift of healing and is a kinesiologist was working on me this week. And I said, Sunday, we're going to church and you're coming Sunday night and we're all going to be healed. Amen. Amen. You were in pain. How long have you had pain for? I don't even know. Years. Conservatively, how long? Six years. Jesus Christ is Lord. And just let her just let her sit in that anointing. All right, if you're around these people that are standing, there's two or three more people. You just need to jump up right now because the miracle worker's in the room. I, I don't have enough time to call out all of your stuff. I'd be here till six, till the next service starts. God knows everything that's been wrong in your life, and God has enough faith for your miracle. If you see someone standing around you, just stretch your hands towards them, or you know you can kind of. If you want to stand up next to him, put a hand on your shoulder, that's fine. Don't talk just yet. Don't pray just yet. Don't pray just yet. Wait for my instructions for just a moment. But if you see someone around, and um, if you see someone without a hand by them, just go ahead and you know, be like, feel compassion for them. All right, if you have a hand on that person, I want you to become aware of the nature of God who is victory, who is healing, who is love. You just become aware of his presence right now. In Jesus' name. I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you guys can pray too. We command all sickness to go. If you're receiving prayer, don't pray. Just relax. Pretend like you're eating a sandwich. In Jesus' mighty name, all sickness go. Somebody's left leg, the sciatic pain, it's really bad in your foot. It was just healed. Someone else, the scoliosis is healed. The, the discs are healed. The back's healed. Neck vertebrae problems healed. Sight problems healed. A girl, it's in your left hip in the front, and it's your ovaries. The Lord Jesus has delivered you. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your miracle power. Thank you, Lord, for your miracle power. The sense of smell, 
hearing all of it. I command every sickness to go from the head to the toe in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every infirmity, get out. Get out, devil. Go from them now in Jesus' mighty name. Go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Go. Thank you, Lord. All right, I want you to stop praying. Um, many of you were completely instantly healed just now. Some of you won't know until you run a marathon if your knee's healed. But you were in pain and now you're not. That's enough to give God glory. I'm going to have you, if more than 80% of the problem is gone, I'm going to have you wave both your hands over your head in a second. If you just stay with the people, stay by them and stuff, just encourage them. Because people get nervous when they're standing sometimes in church. I have to stand the entire time. <laughs> Praise God, I got the spirit. Um, I want you to take the next 20, 30 seconds, begin to do what you couldn't do before. If you need to step into the aisle, step into the aisle. Just do what you can do over. Test your body. Some of you can't test in the moment. I'll have you sit in a sec because, you know, it's a medical thing. It's blood or whatever. Somebody's blood was healed. Uh, anemia. Anemia was healed. Thank you, Lord. Um, just check right now. Do what you couldn't do before. And if the pain's gone, you'd say like more than 80% because maybe you won't know until you run a marathon. If the pain's gone, I want you to begin to wave your hands over your head. Take the next 20, 30 seconds. Check your body. Do what you can do right now. Do it. Pain's gone over here. Thank you, Father. Who else? Check your body. Who else? Check your body. Pain's gone over there. Thank you, Lord. They got a hand up over there. Thank you, Lord. Who else? Check your body right now. Some of you guys aren't moving. You just begin to move. Check your body. Do what you couldn't do before. The, the female stuff right in here has been healed in Jesus' name. I feel the female stuff, you're healed in Jesus' name. How many of you guys, you felt warmth go through your body when you're receiving prayer? Wave both hands over your head. Felt warmth? Look at this all over the room. How many of you guys didn't feel anything? Wave at me. All right. No problem. You can be healed by faith. Stretch your hands towards those guys again. In Jesus' name, be healed. This gal with the hat, bring her into the aisle. The power of God's all over her. Um, just keep praying for the people that are standing. Just keep your hand on them. Oof. Spirit of God on you. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. I see the spirit of God on you right now, healing you. I just see him on you, healing you, just touching everything in your body right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Pray one more time. Just say, in Jesus' name, be healed. Thank you. We're going to check more in a minute. You guys can sit. Um, man, I feel such a healing anointing here. What do you, what do you need God to do? If, it's, if you don't want to say, just be like, I don't want to say right now. Just walk over here. As you do, you'll be healed. Which one is it? The right one? Yeah, no problem. Do me a favor. Just tap, tap that ankle with your foot. Say, no more in Jesus' name. Oof. There you go. All right, check it again. <laughs> yeah, God's touching you, hon. Hey, if you're here, uh, just for sake of time, if you're here and you've not surrendered your life to Jesus, how do you know if you've surrendered your life to Jesus? The Spirit of God is living inside of you. Maybe you don't know if you're saved. I'm going to give a call for that. But maybe you've never been born again. The Bible says you must be born again. Everyone's born once from their mom, but you must be born of the Spirit. The way you're born of the Spirit is by going to that cross, confessing your sins, forsaking sin, forsaking self, and following him, and seeing that he rose from the dead. If you've never done that before, all eyes are open in this place. You don't need to be afraid. You are around a family, and God is drawing you home. You're not responding to a call to Chris. You're not responding to a call to follow Chris or make Chris look good. You're responding to the call of God today. God is calling you home to him. Maybe like the prodigal son, you ran away from home, and you've been living in sin. Jesus has a party for you and a big, fat grin. If you're in this place and you say, you know what, Chris? I'm not walking with Jesus my life is not his. I want you boldly on the count of three to put your hand in the air. We're going to pray for you right where you're at. Boldly put your hand in the air. You are confessing that he died for you and that he rose again. One, you are confessing that you want everything in your life to belong to him. Two, number three, you are confessing that you see that he's resurrected from the dead and that he loves you. Three, put your hand up. Anywhere in this room, you've not surrendered your life to Jesus. Put your hand up quickly. Quickly put your hand up right now. Is there anyone here? 
Is there anyone here? I just want to see. There's a hand right there. Thank you, my friend. Give him a clap. That's awesome. Is there anyone else? You're here. I'm going to keep pulling a little bit. You watch the Lord completely heal a woman of six years of pain. That's proof that he's resurrected from the dead. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. If you're here and you're not born again, do not leave this place without knowing for sure that your life belongs to Jesus. If you're here maybe and you're like, I'm not sure that I'm saved, right now you need to put your hand up. We're going to pray for you anywhere in this room, anywhere in this room. Yeah, I got this one right there. That's incredible. Mom's crying over there. <sighs> one more time I was going to ask. I'm not gauging this by anything in the natural. Is there anyone in this section you just you want to be included in this prayer? Anybody else? Anybody else you want to be included? A prayer of surrender to Christ. Anyone else? Is there anyone else in this section you want to be included in a prayer of surrender to Christ? Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Do not wait. If your heart's racing and you know it's you, just put your hand up. You'd say, Chris, I'm done with me. I'm done with me. I'm done with me. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody in that section? Anybody else? All right. Well, let's pray. Bro, let's stand up. This service was all for you. Um, what's your name? What is it? Vinny. God bless you. Stretch your hands towards Vinny. Say this with me. Say, say, Jesus, I'm done with me. I give my life to you. Jesus, you rose from the dead. I confess my sin. I forsake it. I forsake myself. I choose to follow you. You went through the cross for me, and you rose from the dead. You are Lord, and you are Christ. Father, I want to be filled with your spirit right now. Just lay hands on him, begin to pray for him. He's going to fill with the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody can go over there. Maybe one of the pastors go over there, or somebody that knows. Just begin to minister to him. He's going to fill with the Holy Ghost. If you're here as well and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit of promise, how do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit of promise? That river of joy and of tongues and of love and of miracle power begins to flow from your innermost being. If you're here and you'd say, you know what, Chris, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You get baptized in water and you get delivered from sin, you get set free, and you dedicate your life to God, and you also come out wet. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you get filled with the love of God from on high. You get filled with the baptism of spirit and fire. If you're here and that's you, you'd be like, that's me. I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Put your hand up quick. Wave at me. Quick, 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 as you guys are praying. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? I just want to see. Put it, I want to see if there's anybody here you've not experienced that. Do not leave this place without being filled with the Spirit. All right, we're going to keep praying for folks. For time's sake, I'm going to dismiss the service now, the official dismissal. But I am also going to be praying for people up here with the power of God and the laying on of hands. If you are hungry for the Lord and you don't have to, if you have to go to, out to eat or you have to take your kids somewhere, there's no problem for that. If you want to bring your kids back in, that's fine too. But I'm going to officially dismiss the service. This